Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. go ahead and get this thing started because let me tell you there's so many things that I am trying to do right here like like I don't well thank god this is going into a podcast because I just spent I could have did a whole podcast by the time I finished getting set up for this thing and the dog he's trying to be so tricky right now like he's trying to hide behind this chair rather than going to the back he knows there's a lot of work going on outside and it's making him bark and he's like trying to quietly silently bark knowing that I'm going to get all upset in a minute, right? And then, too, I'm over here trying to fix this thing because I wanted to use a different image. And you know how we do? It's like, let's just change things, like, right now, right before it's time. Let's not even plan it for tomorrow or next week. Let's just do it, like, right now because you know how I am. <laughs> That's why I have trouble can't get out of bed. But, listen, I know if you're looking for how to get out of bed, do not. Look, he's, uh-uh. I didn't say you can come back in here. Out, out. Look at him. See, he thinks because I got busy, he can just come on around the corner. So it's the weekend, and that means instead of a how to get out of bed, I'm probably already out of bed, even though I don't want to be out of bed because it's the weekend. But then you know how my week goes. But we're going to talk about a buzz it or bash it. That means that y'all are all up in the salons and the barbershops. Some of y'all are overhanging out of people's living rooms, bedrooms, garages, all kinds of things, looking for that discount. <laughs> And I'm not, I don't mean to laugh because I'm telling you, we live in a world of convenience. If you have not up-leveled or, you know, whatever you call it, to uh, uh, providing a service of convenience to your customers, uh, you probably don't have a customer right about now. And if you do, if you do not have a customer right about now, and you try to figure out, Dad, how, I get, how do I get some more customers up in here? You need to go to AskDryerBuzz.com. I'm going to tell you how much, and if, if this question sounds strange and odd to you, you not you don't have a business. But if you legitimately have a business, you understand this question. How much does a customer cost? Not how much should you make. But how much does the customer cost? That's the conversation we're going to have this week. Um, and also going forward, we are building and bringing back uh, Answer Dryer Buzz along with 27 Answers. You know, 27 Answers is the brand of publications that we have telling you how to create buzz, how to rock social media, how to rock how, like Beyonce, how to rock like Oprah, how to rock. Okay, but now that you're rocking, we're going to tell you how to amplify it. And how to get some longevity in it, not just these one-offs and different things like that. You know, catching a trend here and there. But you want this to be your every day. What do you want to... Listen, and this is, goes along with how to get out of bed. But what do you want to be your every day? Um, we, we talk about that a lot because we go through these peaks and valleys and up a hill and down a hill. And, you know, and just running into walls and putting out putting out fires and just trying to get some consistency in our lives, consistency that we consistently have some joy, you know, not consistently like, okay, I got to go deal with this. You know, my life is only this and that and the other thing, but um, make sure I took the meat off. <laughs> like, 
going. It's that kind of morning. It's that kind of day. Um, while I got up and I'm productively dressed and ready to roll out, I was like, oh, you got to do a podcast. So, but if you want some consistency in, in amplifying, uh, and I mean, I mean, like seriously, your business, did I need you to go to, I want you to go to, you need to go to Ask Dryer Buzz. And if you're on any of our channels, you can see that that's how we, we monetize with, um, Ask Dryer Buzz. So you're going to see a store, you know, on my Facebook page is like, Hey, there's a store. That is a store. <laughs> that is a store where you can download workshops, webinars, courses, um, books, and so forth and so on. Um, people who go there, they, they got customers right now. They got customers right now. And that's what that's what being in business. You're not in business if you don't have a customer. You gotta have a customer. So go and check it out and see what we're putting um on November the 9th. Particularly, I will be launching the next course, which is called Wake Up Famous. Wake Up Famous. Um, this weekend we're finishing up, going to finish the uploading for podcasts and wake up famous podcasts and wake up famous, um, and so forth. And I think there is the individual consulting is there already. If you want to do a, uh, call a side by side or get in the inbox and get some work done on your business, we can do a side by side by side, which comes with contacts. So can contacts, connections, and customers. It comes with customers, right? Because that's what you're gonna that's what you're gonna get. And that's how you're going to reimburse your expense of using any of this. You're like, oh, I don't have money. Okay. And then I can say to that. But I will tell you if you do select and purchase one of those products, um, you will reimburse the expenses. Your new customers will reimburse those expenses. All right, let's get to this buzzer to bash it. Um, cause as soon as I watched them in the barbershop, they were like, dry your buzz. Let me ask you this. Uh, you know, I'm like, or if I, I don't care where I go. It's like, what do you think about this? What's going on? What does that really mean? What's going on? Let me tell you what all this really means. I'm going to tell you, or maybe I won't. I don't know. But here's some things that <laughs> had us trolling and scrolling all weekend, all week long. First of all, let's go back. Let's go back to this Amber Geiger trial. Let me wet my lips here. The last cup of lemonade. The last cup of blackberry lemonade. No artificial flavors. No artificial colors. We made it right here in the kitchen. No, I don't make it and sell it. But I'll show you how. Recipes out there. You should, in fact, you should have some lemons on the stove right now. Throw, go ahead and throw some blackberries up in there. Sweeten it according to your dietary restrictions. Sip on it all weekend. Spike it if you like. But at least... I know you're sipping on some no artificial flavors, no artificial colors, real lemons, <laughs> okay, and real fruit. But let's go back to this. The Judge Huggable decided, so this is the thing that she doesn't get. And this is the thing that a lot of them don't get. Is And I know, you know, okay, after the, first of all, these what's considered to be high-profile cases. One, first and foremost, high-profile cases just means that the judicial system and the parties are the first party, second party, and all those involved, uh, capitalizing off of the visibility and the interest, the general public interest. This is what the first you wonder what, what what went wrong. That's the first part that goes wrong when we select cases when there's a thousand, a million of them on the docket. When we select a case and make it a high profile case. Now this one, there are several reasons why. This one, the, the, the murder of Botham John, 
The reason why it was a high-profile case was simply because a man was murdered in his own home by a police officer trained to be highly aware, saying that she did not have any of her any of her sensibilities and enter his domicile and kill the man because she assumed she was in her domicile. Now, the one thing that a trained police officer both because you know they're allowed to they're allowed to do their duty off duty, right? There is no such thing as as you're not a you're not a policeman, police person in this in this time. Because even, you know, it, they, because how many, I'm like, go, go, I don't want to tell you to Google because you can't, but go check your, check, go find a channel, do a search and see how many, how much they are able to exact justice upon citizens, even off duty. So you're still expected even off duty to be highly aware, uh, engage in injustice, exact restraint, de-escalation. You're still expected to do that at all times, no matter what, right? But here's a person that says on the phone, with your boyfriend distracted with this, stressed with that, and all this kind of stuff. Coming off duty, parked, drove to the wrong location, parked, walked, walked a whole and whole way to the wrong location. Even though, and I know some of these places, I had to go to one the other day, visit a friend. I'm like, what is this? It all looks the same. I understand. And I told y'all, even personally, I've had a person end up on my couch, but they were highly impaired. Like, dude, wrong, you turned the wrong way. You got to go. You know, get up out of here. But we both parted alive. And it was a difficult situation trying to convince a person coming out of a stupor that, whoa, looking around like, whoa, this is not my, no, it's not. Right? And it could have gone so many ways wrong, but yet this wasn't a person who was expected to never be impaired in such a place, in such a, in such a moment. That they misguided. I mean, I walk. I tell you, I walk in my house every day. I look around because I'm like, I'm trying to figure out which one of the kids done been through here, done got my good leftovers, you know, for lunch. I'm like, because I know I want to come in. I want to go like right now when I get off this podcast. I got a whole three quarters of a cheesesteak in the microwave. Just got to hit that button. Now I woke up smelling cheesesteak. Now, you know, I was like, wait a minute. Let me make sure. Make sure. Because I, I had four kids and we got a cheesesteak rule in the house. You know, it might be leftovers, but you better check. And I know I had to woke up a disappointed mama several times with the cheesesteak gone, right? I'm just saying, all of these things, we're able to understand that. But then, and I know people try to throw a whole bunch of other stuff in there. And yes, that stuff applies too. But what we end up doing, buzz it or bash it, we go too far when the case is proven at the very beginning. But see, some people in society are so used to everything about them being suppressed, particularly in media, which is why at Dry Bus, we always and forever share the hashtag media apartheid. Because see, in media apartheid, daily, there's a meeting daily to suppress um, certain stories. Even though there's umpteen thousand channels on television of certain sectors of society, uh, uh, causing havoc and catastrophes to each other. Some one show is called Snap, and I mean, there's so many you can turn on 50 channels right now and see the things that these people are doing to you. Like, wait, but you never see this stuff on the news. This woman that went home and shot a whole family. This man over here, he didn't, he didn't kill this, that, and the other. But you never see all of that stuff on the news because they have the news people have a meeting every morning. And they decide what stories they're going to tell. It ain't, it ain't like just because that's the story. No, they decide, oh, we're not going to tell that. But go get me the black story. No, 
put that one away. No, go get replace that one with a black story. You know, oh, do let's do a cat. Oh, wait, we got, black people did everything good today. Well, go give me a cat story. Go see. Did we rescue a horse? Is there is there a horse? Is anybody rescuing a horse? A goat? You know, because we, we no, we're not gonna tell. No, but wait, we no. Mm-mm. If, if if it was a slow news day. There's got to be a cat story out there somewhere. We're not gonna say nothing good about black people. This is that's not we. That's not gonna. That's not gonna manip- manipulate the emotions. You know, disseminating information abstract. Okay, because that's what they do. It's in the paycheck every week. It's in the contract. What you can and what you cannot say. We're gonna talk about. It. And I'm sorry, that ain't conspiracy. That's actual facts. That's actually what goes on. In the media, I've been telling you, like, you need to come inside. Come inside. Come visit us and see what we do. And I'm like, y'all didn't disprove nothing I said. You disproved nothing. I, I, I said, I spent, I spent the entire morning inside a local news agency, right, a news network here in Atlanta, and they disproved, it was disproved nothing. I'm like, I don't, I didn't, I'm sorry. Because, I mean, that's the Asian news anchor. She didn't come in here with, with what went on in the Asian community, and they got hella gangs. They armed. They got, you go out there and pull some of those cameras. They having shootouts every night, pretty much. When they get home, they come, they driving home from all these, oh, you mean tell me, life is all copacetic. They driving home from all these re- restaurants, okay? We got some scoop of, scoop of food in there now. Whether it was a dollar and ten cent a scoop, right? Got a whole leftover plate in there. You mean to tell me that driving back to their community, what, Tucker, College Park, yeah, all those places, and they got cameras all over the house, and the whole living room is stacked with um, boxes of, of merchandise, you know, because they don't want to bought all, all the discount, bought it all together. And like, here, you take this part home, and you know, the, all the nail salon people, the whole living room is full of boxes of, of product. Whole living room, whole living room, garages, all that, right? And and because they because they buy, they purchase everything together. It don't fit in the Toyota, so it has to be delivered. Take y'all take y'all part, y'all take y'all part, so they can have offer y'all the competitive prices on the weekends. Buzzer the bash. I'm just telling you, this is the nature of how business is done. Okay, so when they go into the house, they they didn't go to the bank to drop the money off. The money's there. Everybody knows. So they get they home invasions. These home invasions are happening all over the place. But the Asian news anchors, they ain't walking in. Oh, we had, we had five, six more home invasions this weekend. Okay, well, put that away. Put that away. Put that away. Right? Well, well put that away. That's not, that ain't, don't nobody care. Anybody, that's not going to manipulate any emotions. No. Mm-mm. It's not. Y'all not. In fact, it's going to make you want to leave America. It's going to make you want to go across the board. It's going to make you want to not live in certain neighborhoods. If you know, I mean, Everybody got these ring doorbells. What do you think? Those videos, they're out there online. You can go watch. You can watch a whole ass. You can watch somebody go down a whole ass street. I mean, you can follow somebody all over. In fact, y'all got apps out there. You, you went and got apps and logged in your family's information. You follow your family like all over the city, right? Well, where do you think that information is being fed through? It's your phone. Your, your, it's coming through your phone because you don't turn the Wi-Fi off. It's coming through your phone, and I don't even know if you I don't even know if these phones today you can turn anything off. I don't even know if you can unsubscribe, uh, ungrant permissions or anything like that, right? How do you think GPS tells you that there's a hundred people sitting at the intersection or that this congested phones? Yours and mine's, okay? Let me call. So anyway, back to the media. So here, where we go? Okay, so back to Amber. But I'm just saying when you when you 
want the facts. You want to piece all these puzzles together. It breaks down like that. It breaks down like this. So even though you're looking at the news, which we ought not to do ever, because that stuff has already happened. And if you ain't dead, you ain't on the news, okay? I'm just saying. If you ain't have an accident, what you need to know about the other one? I don't know. But anyway, you ain't shot nobody. You ain't been shot. Anybody around? I mean, like, look around. Anybody around that's been shot, we're good. Okay, I'm just saying. What do you need to watch? Because what what's happening to us, y'all, is we, we're at the point now we can't even go to the store. I want you to look around today. Y'all are out there. You, you got this in your ear and on your phone. I want you to just take a look around. And I want you to notice how many people are like their eyes. It's in the eyes. The eyes are switching so fast of people trying to watch to see what's happening to them. Because, and even though nothing has ever happened to them, the, the sources down their timeline, they've seen all these things. They've watched all these videos and they're on, just on guard. They're on guard that something's going to happen. Somebody brush up against them wrong. Somebody do this wrong, this now. They're just ready to, the, the tinder boxes, tick, 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 tock, tick, tock. Everybody's ticking, you know, and like you just can't. You just can't. You hold the door for somebody. You don't, you know, I'm walking around. I'm like smiling at folk like, let me, let me disarm you. Let me bring you down a notch, you know. And people, they like, they can't take it. Like, wait, wait, why are you smiling? Like, I want you to be happy. Why? You know, we're on edge. We're so on edge because we are absorbing too much. We're absorbing too much of this stuff and too much of the stuff that's not really real. It, it really hasn't happened. Talk about fake news. It's, it is, there is, and I hate to agree with Trump, even though he stole it from media apartheid. It's, it is, it is things that are, people are, are escalating things. And when you look to the source of why they think the way they do, it comes back to what they are subscribing to and, 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 and consuming in this media room. That's the only way to get it. If you live in rural or downtown or wherever you live, you've not had these experiences. I want you to tell yourself, this is not my experience. You know, even when I talk about, when I have to come on and talk about situations that have happened with police and and even in this Amber Geiger case, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can understand if that was her defense. But I'm sorry, you're not allowed to have that defense because you are trained in other ways. I'm saying, somebody's ended up on my couch. They turned the wrong, they came through, parked in the wrong spot, came in the wrong building. You know, kid just opens the door, visit, child over visiting, somebody knocked, you know, we got people coming over, this, that, and the other. They run and grab the door, dude comes in, falls on the couch. I'm like, well, damn, was my couch in the same place as yours? Probably. But he was highly intoxicated and quickly into a stupor. And I'm like, we were trying to, in fact, I had to go Google, get a translation. Like, let me figure out what language this joker speak. I need to tell him that I'm about to go in on him, right? And he wakes up and he's like, where, where, where am I? Right, in the wrong place. But luckily, you know, I didn't shoot him. He didn't shoot us, you know, and those kinds of things. We didn't go to blows. It was highly confusing, unnerving, and all those kinds of things. And even a neighbor, I didn't recognize him as an am Like, okay, he looked like them folk over there. He probably, like, you probably belong over there somewhere, you know? But that's, but again, I wasn't trained, but still, what did I do? I acted rationally. I'm like, he speaks a different language. Let's find the language. He, so that way, when we leave him alone, let's find his language. So when we do, we wake him up in his language, 
and we communicate to him. That way he don't come out of it looking like looking at us like, you know, okay. So, but still untrained in that moment, I was able to deescalate. So we had a person, if we just stop right there, stop adding on all this other stuff. This is what we this is where it goes wrong. We start adding on all this other stuff. Judge Huggable. That's what I really want to talk about was Judge Huggable. Because Judge Huggable, um, one, making this a high-profile case, it was a high-profile case because it was a story that manipulated us, even though we can all, for the most part, say that interacting with police, some of us can say that has not been our experience, but there are experiences, by and large, that have changed our, entirely changed our interaction. Even yesterday, I'm going to give you all a very clear example. A police officer who lives in the neighborhood who we know, who's been inside the domicile. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, this is where we are right now. Parked right next to me. All I saw at the corner of my eye was black and white. Okay? This dude done been inside the domicile. And I'm like, I ain't looking over there. I don't give a damn. Uh-uh. Black and white. I'm at, I'm at the mailbox. I'm like, get the mail. Part, all I see is black and white. Uh, where did where did my mind go? Oh, we don't care about that. And and I'm like, you know, and bubbly is he's the bub, a bubbly officer. You know, he's recognized. Oh, I know her. I don't care. Damn, she won't even look. I won't even look at him. He walks around into my peripheral with this big beautiful smile as he has. Saw my daughter. You know, gives a hello and all this kind of stuff, but I'm on guard. And then now I can't, now I can't, I can't go, oh, you know, I can't. I'm like, you know, so my daughter was like, mom, you didn't speak? That's so-and-so and all. And I was like, girl, you don't even know where I was. You don't even want to know where I was. Wow. That's where we are. That's where we are. That's the community police officer, community policing, going around, Checking, hey, look, let me go make sure everybody's safe getting the mail. Let me go drive around the neighborhood. But see, the thing about it is, we're at a point, because of high-profile incidences, real, real, not, not, you know, the fear is real, factual, because of factual evidence, not because of false evidence, but because of factual evidence. An officer that I engage with often, in that moment, I'm on guard. He got to de-escalate me just to say hello. And everybody knows around here, oh, that's she up, that's she up in the kitchen. Y'all should smell what's coming out of there. She up in the kitchen because one day she's going to invite us over. She's going to have them leftovers. You know, we can't even go there because the high-profile cases have taken us elsewhere. If my daughter, and like another thing too, you, he, in the summer, you know, they had on their little summer biker uniforms, you know, they had on their shorts and little ch- shirts, you know, friendly, officer friendly type stuff. Now he is in full on uniform. You know, I hear the belt. I hear, I hear, I hear the belt with all the stuff on there, you know, and all this kind of stuff, you know, and, and he looks different. And I'm pretty sure he's like, damn, I don't put this uniform back on. I'm not officer friendly anymore. I look like the enemy. And I, of course, that should be his thought, right? Now he's like he's he's not in the officer friendly uniform no more. Now we got to get used to, oh wait. So now when I see an officer, I got to go like, oh wait, you know. This is where we are, buzz it or bash it, y'all. This is where we are. Someone that I know 
been inside the domicile. And yet, the wall went up as soon as I saw the black and white in the uniform. All right, so back to Judge Huggable. Judge, Judge Huggable and this case has put us in put us in a in a crazy place because something we have first of all um, what we have not seen before and what was not and come talk let's talk about what was shown in this case and what wasn't shown in this case. I still have not seen because this is what normally happens. All rise. The judge going through her door, the criminal go through the door of no return. I ain't seen that video yet. Why? Because Judge Huggable all caught up in the cameras, all caught up in, uh, and she said it's something she do all the time, going down there hugging it. You know, we, we've all been subjected to. We weren't subjected to. See, I know y'all trying to share the picture where she went and hugged the family and all that. Even that, it's like the judge had, it's not, we, we've just not seen. And, and I understand we might persecute it and prosecute it because it's something we haven't seen. And, you know, okay, here, here come, I'm, I'm imagining other images are going to come and our perception is going to change. But in the moment, because the, the opticals, the optics that we have always seen has been altogether different than what was immediately placed in front of us to manipulate our emotions some more, never mind the fact a young man is dead, never mind the fact there's a mother that will have ever, forever pain with, with every last one of her breasts until her last one. Never mind the fact that his family has got to go deep into their religion to process their every other, their every day to continue on and wanted to give forgiveness. We didn't understand that either because that, that whole narrative has been thrown at us, has been thrown at us since day one. Those of us who still continue to live in America always told you got to forgive, you got to forgive. You keep wanting us to forgive people that ain't apologize. You keep wanting us to forgive that people keep trying to tell us shit didn't happen. You keep wanting us to forgive, you know, the descendants of those who, who and I understand. I clearly understand you being just a descendant and you try to say you ain't having nothing to do with it, but uh, you still you still participate in a lot of the benefactors. You still you still don't mind being a benefactor of some of these things, beliefs, perceptions, actions, and so forth. Right? That's something you can definitely atone for. You can stop desiring to be the benefactor. You can stop asking that those benefactors be in place, which you do in letters. There's there are letters out there when y'all when company when companies come into in the territories of new business, y'all sending the benefactor letter about how many jobs need to go for this, that, and the other. There's all, and we can go, we can go into that forever and a day. So if you feel like you are not to be blamed, stop being, stop trying to be a benefactor because you still, and I'm talking, well, I don't even see who I'm talking to because y'all, y'all can make it out. You're still trying to be a benefactor. You're still trying to be a benefactor. Okay. Let me just say that. You're still participating in things that make you a benefactor. Now, as you say to me, I don't know what that means. I don't know what I don't know what those things are. You know, just seven days. It happens seven days a week, seven freaking days a week, 24 hours a day. There are things that you demand as a benefactor. Now, there are things that about you that the media is also using to manipulate the emotions of those who are not the benefactors, and therefore it causes continues to strain. Between those that are descent, all of, we're all descendants of this thing, y'all, first and foremost. But how Judge Huggable, it, how Judge Huggable made it worse, right? Uh, first of all, this was a, let's not overlook the fact that this was a case that did receive convic- 
a conviction. One of the reasons, even as a high profile case, we got to look at, we got to figure out why this case did get a conviction. And there's so many others that did not get a conviction. Uh, and I think one of the reasons this case did get conviction is because uh, uh, there were some associations that didn't happen in this case that happened in other cases that what, what, I, what, I, what I really love about this case is they went for a conviction. They stayed steadfast in seeking a conviction and did not withdraw and just try to go for um, um, mon- a monetary settlement type thing from the state. They stayed trying to convict the murderer as opposed to um, wh- whatever's going on in some of these other cases. I don't know what whatever's going on in these other cases. Like, we didn't see, like, lawyers for the family and all that kind of stuff. There's a representative for the family, and you need that. But understand that that, though, that has no bearings on the, a state or city or municipalities prosecuting or, and, you know, you can, they just basically explaining to you what's going on and compiling if you then want to go for, um, restitution in some form of shape after the fact like i'm pretty sure okay we got a conviction it's the um the police they may go after some other entity so you're probably gonna see some settlements coming if they didn't haven't already happened but i like the fact that they stayed fast on getting that conviction um but what what was the thing that manipulated our emotions so much is this forgiveness narrative uh and how it is thrown at us um and it's, it's okay if the family wants to forgive. It's okay if the judge wants to forgive. But what we don't want to see is, the first thing we don't want to see is a judge hugging the person that's been convicted. And it's, this, especially after we just, had to, we just had to watch a full-on documentary, not even a documentary, it was, there was a movie, there was an entertainment side of it, because the documentary that was already out there about the uh, uh, Central Park Five, the Gina Six, the 14 this, the 10 over here, the 5 over there, the 1 over there, the 1 in Texas that spent 6,000 days on death row. Because all of those other things, they manipulated our emotions yet. Uh, Ava was able to make something entertaining enough to manipulate our emotions for us to understand the, the Central Park 5. So we just watched that, and which were wrongful convictions. The problem with Judge Huggable is that we've got people out here that have been wrongfully convicted that can't even get a semblance or a silence of, of, of understanding about what they went through. They, they're coming out every day, y'all. There's a whole, you can go out there and find a headline, not even a headline, but a family that's being reunited every day from a wrongful conviction. And yet, here we got this woman who now wants to go on a press tour, a media on all the talk shows, talking about, and then let, throwing at us talking about black folk wouldn't be mad if it was a black woman. No, we wouldn't. But we ain't seen that. We haven't seen that. What we have seen is we saw a black woman who shot in the air to defend herself. And damn, if y'all didn't try to put her up under the prison and still trying to find something wrong with this woman being free. Okay? We know that prison systems are filled with women who are in prison simply because they had to defend themselves. Because we can't yet simply agree on buzzing or bashing on what it means to harm a woman. We still trying to figure out trying trying to figure out how how she deserved it. They still trying to write laws on is there somewhere we can say that she deserved that or this or the violence against her could not have been uh, avoided. I promise you, 
under the gold dome right now. It's like, so yeah, we got a problem with you hugging the, somebody that's been convicted of going against everything that she has been trained to murdering somebody. Okay, and then further manipulating emotion is somebody that looks like us because what we understand is, even though it has not been the most of our experience, but it is highly, uh, uh, it happens that you don't get enough, you don't get enough time with someone who has an extreme bias against you to prove you are right about something. I'm in my apartment, not yours. I don't even know if the brother got a chance to say anything. Because, I mean, what do you say when a crazy woman comes into your house yelling at you and you know they got these yelling tactics now that you can't make out what they're saying, but it's some kind of command. You're still trying to figure out, like, wait, who are you and why are you yelling at me in my place? Like, you mean at every given moment I'm supposed to have the way with all and the, and the, and the, the sensibilities to – even though you're acting – all out of order, I got to be, I got to, I got to submit to you at any moment, even though you're wrong, right? There's, there's no, there's not a single solitary moment for me to process what's happening here. And then I'm dead. Now we know that if you are black and brown, there is no time. There's zero time. Okay. Death is imminent. It's like death is imminent. You don't have time to, you just got to, Try to make out what this crazy person is saying and obey it, okay, because death is imminent. And so now you got, now I got to walk around with that. I got to walk around with that. Dude pulling up trying to say hello. I'm sorry. I got to, I got to process um, in which, in how many ways can you kill me right now? You just, he's just trying to say hello. He's like, hey, I know you. Yeah, I know. No, I don't know because all I saw was black and white. I'm like, I don't even know where else to look. I don't even know where else to move. I don't even know what's going on. It's like, but we're, you know, you see what I'm saying? It's just trying to say hello. That was it. And yet I'm like, I'm processing. Because all the imagery that I have seen, and even though I tell y'all, you know, I know public safety. All, at all levels, from the chief, chiefs all over the counties to the zone commanders in Atlanta, to the officers, I could tell you probably how many graduated last week. Cause that's what, you know, but at the same time, I know many of these, and, 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 and what I also know is that many of them are out there protecting us from that thing that does put us there. So, you know, and, and, and that's another, that's a whole nother story. But Judge Huggable is trying to figure out why we're upset that she hugged, that she came, Judge Huggable is trying to figure out why we're upset she came off the bench. Because we ain't never really seen one come off the bench, especially not in some slides, some flip-flops. Okay, we like, dang, that's what they have on up under there? <laughs> I know, it's dryer buzz, y'all know. Y'all know we noticed them gold flip-flops. Come on now, okay? Um, designer flip-flops <laughs> that she had on under that robe, okay? Um, and so, but, but we just ain't never seen the judge come down and mingle. I'm like, where is all this mingling time? I mean, had, I don't even know they had, had entered sentencing. I, we don't even know. We just never seen the, who's mingling in the courtroom. Since when is the convicted not taken immediately, you know, out the door? Oh, wait, there was a the whole hug fest. Hmm. The hug fest. Judge, Judge Huggable. Uh, I forgot there was a hug fest exchanging of the Bible. Okay, so 
So here's my thing. What they what they swearing on? They had to go get another new Bible to swear on. I, I'm just and I didn't, I'm like, wait, the judge got a Bible up there? I mean, I know they asked you to put your hand on the Bible and swear. And some people are like, uh, no, nah, then what do we do? But I, I I'm gonna tell the truth. Because um, I thought we were separated, church state, and all this kind of stuff, right? But you do, you do swear to something that you' about to tell the truth. And she done gave the Bible on the homegirl going on up in the prison and all that kind of stuff. I wonder how many other, you know, you know, when she got on the bus going over to the prison, she got on there with a whole bunch of other women, right? Did they, they looking at her like they let you go with the Bible? I thought we weren't supposed to take that with us, cause I would have loved to take my grandma good Bible up in there, right? I'm just saying. See again, it's like. It's like did all of them, did we stop? Did we go? Get, we gotta, we, cause you know, I mean, they gotta have a case of Bibles around there somewhere. Can we go get? Did, we, did all of them leave the court? Cause you know, several people left court that left the courtroom, especially in Texas. Several people left courtroom courts that day going on off. Like you know, I'm just saying, but we've never seen. We don't. We, we haven't seen the image of of this hug fest happening after a conviction. I've only seen. Well, we do see a family member go over there and snap, try to snatch somebody up. We see that. But the judge, they said, all rise, and the judge, nobody moves to the judge leave out because usually after rendering such convictions, you know, the judge needs to be protected, especially one, oh, but this one is in, in with the police, so I guess she good. She made, she, I guess she good. She was able to do a hug fest, and now she's able to go from news station to news station, television station, magazine. She's been on all the talk shows, you know, the makeup and all that stuff done, and she's been able to try to say, you know, black people done lost their mind. They out there mad because I done hugged this white woman. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Right? You you hugged a descendant of a benefactor. It's like that that don't hit right with. That hits all hella wrong. That hits all hella wrong because what we've normally seen in cases where people are innocent. I'm comparing this to cases where people are innocent. We see the judge go through one door. And the defendant goes through the next. And for many of those people, we don't see them innocent. And we're talking about innocent people. I ain't even talking about uh, Lapuganem and all them that's running around here doing all kinds of stuff. I ain't even talking about them. We see innocent people go through that door and not come back for decades. And still, and, and, having, to, and having to prove that kind of stuff. And then still, they still don't even get a hug. You think the judge, I was, I'm so sorry. No, you know what, the, when they go back and ask those judges, like, what happened in this case? And the judge, and, and most of the judges, especially the prosecutors, who are to this day are not trained to defend black life, to prosecute for black life. They, they prosecute against black life, but they have not been able to saw it in the Trayvon Martin case. It's like this man does not know how to put value on Tray, Trayvon's life. We've seen it time and time again uh, that prosecu prosecutions, Prosecutor, help me out. Give me, give me lawyers. Come on, I'm a lawyer, friends. That they do not know how to prosecute loss of black life. They don't know how to do it. They don't know how to place enough value on that life. And Judge Huggable ain't helped none. Right? And uh, and I mean, wrongfully convicted. We're talking about wrong. We have not seen, we have not seen a wrongfully convicted person get taken to Burger King. We have not seen the wrongfully convicted person being given a Bible so they can go find forgiveness and forgive the state and all this and the state, well, I guess the state and the country because half of some of that stuff makes it on to the Supreme And then, and then too, um, we don't know that she was handcuffed taken off because she has options to appeal. 
there's some there's some appeal there's a appeal process out there on this thing. So you know we don't even know. I don't, I still can't show me the picture where she was placed in handcuffs and taken on. Through. I need to see her go through that door. Give me that video. I need to see her. Judge Huggable, buzz it a bash. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on because we uh just spent forty minutes on this thing, but. And right, rightfully so. And we only supposed to be on it by 45, the time it takes to sit up under the dryer. But let's talk about some other things. Let's talk about, um, of course, wrapping up this week is everybody is awesome and amazing and breaking the Internet with the exciting news for Tyler Perry. And let me tell you all something. And I'm going to be that blogger here. I'm going to be that blogger. Let me tell you all. Tyler Perry opened Tyler Perry Studios. Um some time ago, Tyler Perry and, 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 and Tyler, okay, well, unfortunately, the mayor, at the time Tyler Perry purchased the property, the mayor of Atlanta was Kasim Reed, and don't nobody trust Kasim Reed for, for nothing, and so, therefore, there's a dark cloud over Tyler Perry Studios thinking that he received some kind of preference, like, you know, like, oh, he was a benefactor, you know, as, as much benefactoring is going on around here. Oh, you mean oh, you mean that he might have been a benefactor or something? Well, Tyler Perry was like, look, I paid money like everybody else. I went through the processes. You know, I can't help but based on the people that y'all voted for. So, you know, there's always going to be a dark cloud and, and suspect on how the, how the deal went. But the brother uh, has been doing this doggone thing over there at the former Fort McPherson. Um, I grew up just outside those gates. My childhood home was out, just outside those gates. So it does my heart good. It especially does anybody who drove down 166 or Camelton Road and seeing those signs saying Tyler Perry Studios. Not only that, um, if you're in Atlanta or have been in Atlanta for any, any amount of time, you have seen Tyler Perry go from stage to screen. Some of y'all running to the brother around here. Everybody trying right now to go put their... Tyler Perry layaways, thinking he's going to go back to Walmart. He might go to Target this year. I don't know. Tyler Perry, can you let everybody know where, where, you ble- where the blessing coming from? Because people out there trying to put up the layaways because Tyler Perry will go last year going playing paying the layaways and all that kind of stuff. But um, such an amazing celebration. Uh, red carpet. He opened the studio. The studio has been there and been in operation for some time. There are a number of films that have been uh, filmed there. Even some of the Tyler Perry films, I think his, his last few films were filmed uh, there on the base, but now the construction that was taking place is done of uh, the sound stages, um, the back lot. And if you've ever been to, I know a lot of y'all have been to Universal Studios, but if you've ever been to Hollywood, Hollywood in and of itself, um, there's studios that are in Hollywood that you can go and take, take a tour. So if you've been to any of those Universal Studios, which is basically a theme park, not necessarily, I'm not, it's a theme park. But if you've been to Hollywood to the actual studios and taken um, tour, taken taken uh, tours and so forth, uh, sound stages. Uh, now Tyler Perry is said to have built the largest, outdone everybody. Um, but he it come to find out, I think it, it didn't say three hundred million. It said like thirty million dollars um, to, to get this get get this portion of not the entire base, but the portion of the base that he had. I think it said it was like thirty million dollars. Y'all already, it's it's not even noon yet. Uh, y'all done spent $50 million already up in the beauty supply. I'm just saying. Y'all know they going on with $50 million over the weekend, right? All of them, okay? So I'm just saying. Imagine if you had the, had the priority to do something that was going to last forever as opposed to that immediate gratification. That shot's fired. But anyway, so the studio, it was uh, complete, and, and everybody was invited down to the studios, Oprah and Gail, 
whom he has, uh, what's the word? Mm, wooed, wowed and wooed, um, from the beginning of their friendship. He started out buying them. We bought, went on Oprah. He bought them some cars and he is wild and wounded. They have become friends. Let me tell y'all, successful people have nothing in common until they become successful. Tyler was becoming successful. Oprah's like, what's going on over there? What's going on with that audience? And they have somewhat developed a bond and a friendship. I mean, I, I just thought it was a nice move, Tyler. But anyway, the studio opened, um, and Tyler had everybody there. We got to see on 50 Cent's timeline what the invitation looked like. You know, it was a, he sent a daggone, it's, it's, it's just, just awesome niceties. And, of course, um, the funny part was he learned from Oprah. How, how do you throw a party? How do you throw an event? And many, many people around Atlanta that we know went and got and told us everything that happened at the red carpet, some of the things that they can't say and how mums was the word and, and some of the things that we've heard about that went on down there and all, just all kind of stuff. And, I, I, and I'll talk about it, but first and foremost, we have to congratulate this. And if you want to know, uh, I share for Throwback Thursday, Flashback Friday, and I'm going to keep on sharing it, uh, an interview that I got a chance to do with Tyler. But I was like, wait a minute, I have something in the archives. Let's go find it. And I went back and I found the interview that I did with Tyler Perry at, upon his second movie. Uh, he was moving from stage to screen and experiencing Hollywood, trying to trying to pitch, you know, his ideas and his very successful films uh, to Hollywood. And, and they were just not having it. Because remember, we talk about the fact that even to this day, Tyler, as far as distribution is concerned now, let me tell you, anybody can go make a movie. Any, everybody can go make a movie. And then everybody can buy and build a studio. Um, but still, that distribution, that's, that's, that's somebody's got a hold on, that, hold on that distribution, which is why you see Tyler Perry over the years have done uh, different distribution deals. Like, you know, he did dis- distributing his, DVD, his, his videos and then DVDs through uh, big box stores. Because that's, you know, you get the upfront money. They worry about the sales. Um, a movie, you know, you you hadn't, you hadn't really heard about a, a movie. Release. You know, the movies will come in like he does a Halloween movie now. His goal then at that time when he and I talked, he wanted a movie in the theater every February. Now, I got a chance to listen to this, and I decided to play it. So it's back out there. Go to dryerbuzz.com. Find the channel if you want to watch it on YouTube, if you want to watch it on whatever the um, platforms, Buzz It or Bash It. But it tells you a lot, and you can hear the makings of a studio. It was, I mean, literally, this was his, his second movie uh, was out, and that was the movie with Blair Underwood and Medea's Family Reunion. And I always thought that movie was mistitled, because every time I go to look for the movie to try to watch it, I forget that it was about the family reunion, uh, because it was so much, you know how Tyler movies are, it's like so much going on. It's like, what, what was, was it? Medea shot, Medea did this, Medea did that. We don't know, right? And so every time I try to go find the movie, I'm like, I forget because it has so many characters in it. And, and of course, as always, so many storylines. That was a movie also with Kiki. And Kiki was in that movie. Remember, she was... So you never know what to look for. So, But the movie was called Medea's Family, Family Reunion. It was the one with uh, Blair Underwood where he was uh, abusing the bride-to-be. And you had the narcissist mother-in-law to be and all that kind of stuff. And Medea, it was the movie where Medea, Medea told the girl to throw the hot grits. <laughs> Tyler be doing too much. Um, so, but I got a chance to sit down with him at that movie back when they used to do these really wonderful things of 
Uh, you really got a chance to get a, to do a really good interview with the uh, directors and actors, as opposed to now today, they just invite you to lunch and, you know, you got to like, you know, it's just, it's too much. I don't even bother about going. Or you go to the premiere and then they do an after talk, but you don't really get like a one-on-one. You don't really get an exclusive. So I'm like, you know, even at, even in this interview, if you, if you listen to this interview, I was in a room with other publications. I'm like, they didn't really know how to, they want to ask some questions so you can really see, you know, I kind of took over. But uh, I, I knew what I had to get. I'm like, I need my, I need my questions. I need my answer. This man's going somewhere. This man's going to be somebody, you know? And they were like asking these questions. Like, you know, I'm like, dude, listen, go check the interview out. It's out there, but you do get a chance to hear. Um, and he, and it's funny because there's some things that he mentioned back then that he was already, did you know that 12 years ago, Tyler was trying to retire Medea. When he went to scream, Tyler was trying to leave Medea on stage. He didn't really even, he really had not planned on all these Medea movies. He wanted to bring him, he wanted to act himself. And he talked about um, this, this role. And he, I don't think he ever did this jazz singer he wanted to play. Because um, he ended up playing, I think he ended up doing the detective movie. You know, he really, if you li- go listen. Because he, he talked about it and I asked him. And I said, he talked about um, how the audience won't let her go. Um, because he really wanted to, you know, Medea was going to be staged. You know, breaking into Hollywood was going to be something different, particularly because of the whole controversy around the man in the dress and the men feeling like it was emasculating. And, you know, there was just, there was just conflict all, all over uh, in the early beginnings of this thing of black men making movies. And, you know, at the time, there was Spike. And, and, and as you saw in the, um, in the coverage of the opening of the studio, there was a kind of a truce. Um, he immortalized Spike by giving Spike a soundstage. And I heard, I heard that there was a mishap in christening the soundstage. Now, you know, when there's a mishap of christening ships, when the champagne doesn't break right on the ship, then they said the ship might sink and go down. So hopefully uh, there was a collaboration. One thing, and something we've talked about through covering film and television, um, is it's always sad that when we look at the number of brothers who are trying to break ground, who are breaking ground, let me say this, who are breaking ground, who are busting open box offices, is that they don't have projects together and that we are often sold, by not being the benefactors, we are often sold this idea that we can only have one and one at a time. Like when, you know, the wars go down, you know, oh, we're not going to have like three three or four black films because, you know, oh, they only represent a certain population. But hell, did they entertain everybody or no? Because, I mean, I'm looking around here, everybody seems to be into quietly entertained. So what's wrong with all the brother films being up there, right? Because that seemed to be the one that, I mean, the box office don't lie. You know, but then they didn't. Now they said, well, you know, don't really don't really go by the box. Oh, so they don't go really going go by the box office no more simply because we won all the box office. Right. I'm just saying, go and look. That's something we do. Box office mojo. I am Internet movie database. IMDB. Get the pro versions of these things. Don't try to just get the little information they put out there for free. Go get the pro version so you can really arm yourself with the facts of what's being reported. And one of the reasons we follow movies this close is because we often try to tell a community when a community, when communities feel like they can't raise money for the schools to bring the schools up to par and stop waiting on the tax dollars. And we go to a community, you can go in box office, you can go and see 
by zip code how much people spend on the movie. And then when you go to a community and say, listen, y'all spent $10 million going to see this movie. Y'all got $10 million. They want to know, well, where we got $10 million? You got $10 million by $11 a household. If you go, that high school y'all got sitting there down the street from that movie theater, instead of going uh, uh, at the same time, let me not say instead of, that when you go put $11, $12, $15, $20 in the movie theater per person, go over there and match it over there with that school. They take money. They don't just operate off of the school budget because you better know they're not even sending all the budget over there. So go over there to that school and match what you spend over here at this movie theater. Then at the same time that movie makes $10 million, now this school got $10 million. But we don't have Yes, you do. You got it. You got it. Okay, because the movie, you, there's only, you're only going to the movie like what, once a month or every, uh, if, you're going, if you only see black movies, you're only going every four months, but if you go over to the school, which is over there every day, give them $10 million, then they get to take kids on field trips, because that's not in the budget. They get to have art projects, because that's not in the budget. They get to invite in scholars to come in, scholars from all over the world, scholars from all over the world to talk to these kids and to show them what the world is. That's not in the, everything that's not in the budget, everything that these principals are having to cut out of the budget, including half the books, if not all of them, half the food, if not all of it. Okay, these people, these people in these lunchrooms are running around from school to school to school trying to put together meals for these students because of these. But and the school systems, school systems have bigger budgets than the cities. But if only the benefactors are demanding benefits. Because that, that's the first problem right there. Buzz it or bash it. We're not even demanding the benefit. Okay? We're ben- we're ben- we, we got ben- we're benefactors too. But we're not even out here demanding the freaking benefit. That's, that's, what we're talking about. that's why we're so mad at Judge Huggable. Right? It's like, it's like okay, it's, girl, hug as many people. If, whatever you got to do to go home and sleep at night. If you got to go hug the convicts, then hug the convicts. But at the same time, it's like help. If you want to help us understand something rather than talk about us, us being mad, you got counterparts yourself that's convicting, wrong, that's out there wrongfully convicting, that's over-sentencing, right? But, but y'all not having those conversations. So anyway, so match those. So anyway, back to the movie. But it was awesome and amazing to see all these people. That, what I loved about the fact that is Tyler sent invitations to some of the very same people who over the years, um, who he had not provided a job, he invited the very same people that kept up the narrative that his work was absolute buffoonery. That word, buffoonery, being tied to Tyler Perry, uh, some of those people ended up with sound stages. He, ch- he changed their mind. He changed their minds because they, they fed into the, they fed into this narrative that we have to be divided. And so, and that even in the entertainment, even in the film, film industry, uh, it went on. And so I love that. And in fact, he, he talked about that in several, because everybody was like, dude, you got Spike. Now, let me tell y'all know, I, I love me some Spike Lee. Right. And I, and I, I like me some Tyler Perry, but in the, in, I was like, okay, whoa. I remember when. And when I when I when I understood finally understood both of them was I'm like man if y'all don't see this I don't there was a year that both of them 
decided to go ahead and go on to the Oscar. They, they, let me tell you, this is how this forgiveness narrative will do you, okay? There was one year, uh, I think it was either after Oscar So White or before Oscar So White, and Tyler Perry was like to hell with them, okay? Because they, they did them wrong, y'all. They did both of them. They, they, they somehow convinced both Tyler Perry and Spike Lee, because Spike Lee is always forever boycotted the Oscars, right? But the year prior to uh, Diary, no, what was it? Um, for Color Girls, uh, I think that I think that was the For Color Girls was coming out because it wasn't nominated that year. But Tyler was fin- either finishing up For Color Girls. Well, you know Tyler does a movie in a week, so For Color Girls was either going to be released in time enough to be considered for the next year's Oscar. And Spike, of course, has his you know movie, and so they can somehow convince. Spike to give up his boycott, come to the Oscars. I don't know if he presented as well, but Tyler was a presenter. And it shook up the world for those who are uh, consciously looking at things. Everybody was like, oh, no, nah, wait a minute. They don't, you know, they don't convince both of these brothers. To come. And I think maybe they had Samuel Jackson talk to both of them. Because, you know, Samuel Jackson was pro-Oscars. He was, you know, because he's probably he's the only black man that, other than a couple of them, that was uh uh, voted on, voted on the, he was a member of the, whatever the academy, he's a member of the academy, and he, Samuel Jackson was the go-to, anytime somebody would say something bad about the Oscars, you know, they'd go get a statement from, they, everybody run on and put a camera in Samuel Jackson's face, and you know, and he'd say, y'all should feel, y'all should feel like this, don't be mad at this, don't be mad at that, you know, all this copacetic, you know, the black man's doing well in, in Hollywood, and you know, and all this kind of stuff, I got another motherfucking movie coming out, da da da, da. I'm sorry, 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 I'm just, it, it slipped. I'm more for this and more for that. So, I don't know, maybe they sent Sammy to go talk to Spike and, and Sammy to go talk to Tyler. So, this particular year, both of them were there. I'm never, I'm, I'll never forget, I think Tyler had on a white jacket. He was up there, he was presenting. And I'm sitting there going, like, thinking, bro, they're going to do you wrong. They're going to do you wrong. But, you know, and they presented with the idea that they're new, they're, you ain't going to tell me that they didn't go knowing that their movies will get nom- nominate nominations the next year and possibly win. For Color Girls should be Oscar winning. It should have an Oscar, okay? Whether Tyler Perry did it or not, that was some acting up in there, okay? I'm, I'm exhausted just thinking about, and, and, and not only that, it was, it, was a, it was a remake. So in and of itself, you know, oh my God, just the weight of that movie in and of itself, all of those women, the ensemble, um, the costuming, you know, should have the songs, the soundtrack. I don't know, do we even listen to that? I don't know, you might not want to listen to that soundtrack for colored girls who've considered suicide when the rainbow is enough every day. It's like, wait a minute, the rainbow is enough, but damn, this shit still hurts like hell. It's hard to breathe. Okay, I'm, I'm saying I had one of those days this week. It's like you got a beautiful rainbow, but you don't understand what's under that rainbow, what it takes to get to that rainbow. You don't understand how far away that rainbow is. I see it. It's not a pot of gold down there. And even if it's a pot of gold, you don't want to know what's around that gold. You don't want to know what's traded for that gold. You don't want to know. You don't want to know. You want my life? Take it. Him. You can have all of it. All the fame. Everybody know your name. Can't even sit back and chill. Oh, take it off. Anyway, so let me just tell y'all. So they went, and I was like, I'm, I ain't, I'm, 
I don't, I still don't trust it. And then the very next year they were both snubbed. So the sad part about it, as amazing as this weekend, how beautiful all these black people, let me tell y'all, I don't know not nam one of them on that red carpet that can distribute a movie. I don't know not, not nam one. I, and that's what, and listen, the name of my company is called Distributions because distribution is so vitally important. Yes, Oprah has a network. So you can put stuff on the network. So, okay, Oprah has made it through on that. But Oprah's got a partnership thing going on over there. Tyler has done a distribution deal with Black Entertainment Television. So please make sure. And they're probably sitting over there like, damn, these people going to subscribe or what? Go over there and subscribe. Um, Make it one of your streaming apps. I think you have to make it on, on all your smart devices. Uh, on your phones and all these kind of things and download or subscribe, become a member. It's a membership um, where you're going to get all of Tyler Perry's content. And he has, man, he's knocking out so many shows. I don't even know how many it is. I know there's, there's everything. Um, There's one called sisters. There's one called this oval. Now the, the, one of the commercials came out with oval and everybody went like, Ooh, what is this? You know, so they need to run some more commercials on that. It looks to be, some white, it looks it looks to be a scandal knockoff, and, and, and Tyler will knock off some stuff now. Tyler was still a scene. I mean, I've been blogging about Tyler now, y'all, for twelve. Years. I told y'all twelve years since he made his uh, second movie. I I I, I wasn't. I'm sorry, I wasn't blogging about uh, what is it, Mad, Mad Black Woman, and the plays. Okay, I told y'all I went to the plays and damn near I was almost assaulted. I'm like, I think this man rubbing on my leg. <laughs> With this, with his girl in between us, I'm like, yeah. I'm. It was like, what kind of what? That audience. I'm like, who are you guys? I'm like, oh no, what is going on here, girl? Get you. I think, uh, dude, that's not that's not her leg. That's my leg. Like, it was strange. It was strange. The, the play was awesome, but I the whole time I was like, wait a minute, what? Who am I sitting by? Cause y'all know me, I, I like I I went by myself. Now I'm like I didn't have a whole row of girlfriends and nothing like that. I'm like it's 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 weird up in here. Okay, it's just weird. But anyway, I just wasn't. A, I, I I love theater and thespians and no shots fired. I'm just saying I had to get used to the whole. Okay, what is it? Oh, we gonna talk back to the play. And that was quite fun. I was like, wait, cause you know I wish we could do that at at some of the highfalutin high society theater. I wish we can react. Like that to some of the, cause sometimes some of the plays get good, right? But people be sitting there all all stiff. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta come see this in the matinee. See, that's why I like to go to the matinee, cause matinee you can be a little bit more relaxed and really laugh and enjoy yourself. I ain't trying to go to opening night where everybody be all stiff and and all this that, and the other. Oh my God, y'all should see what go on in some of these some of these things. That's why I like a Steph Stewart production because it's, it's he likes the community to get involved. But some of these other plays, they be like, damn, y'all gonna laugh? That was that shit was funny, you know. But anyway, so anyway. Y'all don't understand how far I go back on these things. And so it's so anyway, where are we? Let me get ready to get out of here because we got one more. I think I had one more. Judge Huggable, Tyler Perry. What else? It was one more on there. But congratulations uh, to opening of the studios. Uh, lots going on on that red carpet. The only my only the only thing I'm saddened by is the fact that with all of those people on that carpet, besides those who have joined Tyler Perry in his work, were the number, the number of people that are not in the credits together. They have not done projects 
um, together or projects with or for each other. Let me go ahead. I'm just trying to see what I had a third topic, you know, and so hopefully uh, now that the studios are, are done, they've, they've already been there. I'm going to go check out the tour. I'm definitely going to take a tour. Oh, this is my only other thing. I'm like, wait a minute. What, whose voice was that? Uh, why wasn't Medea narrating that tram ride? I'm not, I want to go on a tour with Medea. And we did we see, oh, I didn't see Medea on the carpet. Like, okay, Tyler, you done been on the carpet. Can you go get Medea? Can we get some Medea on this carpet? Like, and I understand if you keep in mind now, 12 years ago, Tyler was ready to retire Medea. And he ended up, and um, I'm sorry, but Medea was a pretty much a large part of his Lionsgate deal and any, any other, uh, other deals. Uh, but since he went on, put shows on own, Medea wasn't there. Like, why isn't there a Medea sitcom? There, we've had all these other sitcoms. Why is there not? What? what uh, well, understand. Well, here's why there's not a Medea sitcom. And Tyler told us this 12 years ago. Because in order for Medea to do all these other projects, as as a dog comes in, get ready, lap up all kind of water on my podcast. But um, bec- the reason Medea doesn't have all this other stuff because Medea and Tyler are the same person. Yes, we do forget that. Yes, we do. I'm like, oh, Tyler's on the carpet. Like, hey, where's Medea? <laughs> then I'm like, oh, wait, damn. Okay. But I still think he should have um, done some Medea. I think Medea should have been all up in the in, in, invitation. I think Medea should have been everywhere. And I was heartbroken. I think I was. I think I can call it heartbreak. When I'm watching the video, Ava's, Ava's video being on that tram went everywhere. And I'm hearing this voice of a, this benefactor's voice. Again, more benefit, benefits, more benefits for the benefactors down to the studio at least. I'm like, why is Medea not narrating this tram ride and all the voices? Why is Medea not every voice on there? Unless it's the male voice. I'm like, dude, get your behind in the studio and record Medea narrating this thing. That was foul. That was just foul. Okay. Uh, oh, natural hair on air. Okay, that was the last one. So we can wrap up. We talked about Judge Huggable. We talked about Tyler Perry, mainly just to tell y'all to go and check out an interview that we did with Tyler Perry 12 years, more than 12, because I think 12 was me replaying it. So it might have been, it had to be, I think it was like 2000, well, by 2007, so that would have been about 12 years. And YouTube, I think uh, when I looked it up, it did say it was about, but even 12 years, I was playing it as a best of. So I think it might have been, been prior to that, well, a little bit more than a decade. Uh, but this interview with Tyler Perry, where you do really get to hear the makings of a mogul, the makings of a movie, movie mogul, the makings of a studio. And, and in fact, I, at the end of the interview, after talking about all that he wanted to do and wanted to become, I literally said to him, okay, where is the Tyler Perry store? You know, I wish I should have said studio, man. Can you imagine if I had said, where's the Tyler Perry studio, right? 12 years ago. But I remember saying to him at the end, okay, because he talked about all of these things that he was doing and wanted to do. And even at that time, Tyler Perry had his own network, um, like Facebook at that time, which was TylerPerry.com. When you went on TylerPerry.com, you, everything that you're doing over here on Facebook, you did on TylerPerry.com because Back in the day, everybody had their own network. You didn't have to go to these top eight platforms with these top eight billionaires. He could have been a billionaire much sooner if, he, if he'd have kept. And I think he's, I don't know, I don't know, he, I don't know. But if he still has it, because you, if you wanted to engage with Tyler Perry, you go over there on Tyler Perry Network, and he was there in the chat room answering questions, telling you about go watch this and making of that and all that. So he, he's always been 
a pioneer in that sense. But what do we do with our pioneers when they do things that we have not yet seen before? We persecute them. We persecute them. And so here he, he probably expects to be persecuted a little because black man got a studio and I'm like, why we got it? You know, it is a thing. It is a thing. So awesome and amazing, something awesome to celebrate. And not only that, to know that it is the studio is just yards, mere yards from where I grew up. Cause I remember growing up outside that base here in Reveille in the morning, taps at night, watching people um, go through those gates and watching the evolution of that base because we we into we moved as part of the integration into that neighborhood in 1969 and uh it was a horrendous thing to do um uh, because of the tension between black and white that went on there and I was 3 years old and I can remember some of those moments of moving into that neighborhood and and dealing with the benefactors who thought we were taking getting some getting too much of the benefits and the things that in the evolution of the neighborhood as well as the evolution of the base because you know you the wall wasn't there you it was just a fence and you could see on the side where I lived was the golf course you know uh, there were a lot of uh, retired military there and at that time you know in in the 60s and 70s retired military you got to know was all white right all white Okay, so you watching them, you know, you see the houses that Tyler now owns. You see the golf course. I don't know if Tyler owns the golf course. Is the golf course part of his acreage or part of his other acreage? But I know when he filmed, when they filmed the movie uh, with uh, Tiffany Haddish where uh, Whoopi Goldberg was in the window, that was one of those homes that the, the 1960s military people used to live in, used to watch them. Uh, live on this acreage and with these golf courses. Now, but mind you, this was our military, so you still had respect for that. But we had the respect that we had for it was knowing that we about to change all that. <laughs> like we knew, because uh, it was in, it was the, the time of integration, and so uh, integration happened both outside that gate as well as inside that gate. As more black officers uh, came to the south and came to the base. Uh, to the point where my own cousin, when they closed that base, she was one of the ones to not only uh, in, work in closing that base, but retired from that base. So, yes, we love the fact that Tyler Perry, and not only that, the other the other acreage uh, is now being uh, um, bought and getting ready to be developed, or it's still up for discussion. So I think if you want to have some thought and, and participating in who ends up with the other parts. I think Tyler probably wants more of it. And this, there's another gentleman that was on the radio this week that he wants part of it and some other things. So if you want to, you know, and these are things that they happen in the community. Um, you get to decide that you, you've already decided based on who you voted for last, because that's who's making, who's negotiating this, but you still get to have some input on how they are negotiating. That's why we tell you all the time. You can't just, vote and think that these people are out there handling this stuff because a lot of times they get elected and go the whole entire other way. You know, they run Democrat, but they might be a whole hell of a lot conservative. You know, they might run Republican. It might be a whole hell of a lot liberal. You know, that's why you don't just vote. You make sure that you get the right people on the ballot. You get the right people into the election. You get the right people into office and you continue to be vocal to them. Here's why you were elected because guess what? They very soon forget. They easily forget why and who elected them and so forth. All right. And Hillary is over there trying to get ideas. So email her, tweet her and all that kind of stuff. Hillary is trying to get some ideas, trying to act like 
trying to act like Trump is ta- taunting her to get in the race. Ta- the girl, Trump ain't trying to put you in the race. Go sit down somewhere. You and your daughter. Damn Clintons, get on my nerve. Ooh! Anyway, let me, don't get me on that, because I got to talk about this. I got to get this in, because we are dryer buzz, and we're about an hour and 11 into the podcast. Uh, last topic, last topic, and let me just check on, oh my God, I got to check some of these comments. Thank you guys so much if you, that went out and found the channel. If you want to find a channel to catch us live so that you can engage, go to dryerbuzz.com. Before I get to the last topic, let me jump on here and grab some of these comments and say hello to those that are watching. Laura Womack, Zach is up there. Laura's on the West Coast. Zach is out there in Chicago. Leonard is right here. Out, no, I would say Leonard is in Atlanta, but he lives in one of them rural areas way outside the perimeter. Uh, just be mad and admit that that's who you are. I saw people hating on Tyler. Uh, it's called negotiating an awesome deal. When are we going to stop hating black people winning? Uh, broke people have a tendency to congregate as well. I wish I could dream that way. Uh, and Zach has interjected one of our often quoted things about haters, highly attracted to errors regarding success. Uh, Dryer Bus 2012. Uh, and that is to say that Tyler made some errors and that attracted some haters. Uh, stop comparing yourselves to people. Success is measured on all scales, says that's, uh, let's see, that's like a puppy trying to race greyhounds. Win where you are and move to the next level. Everybody can't be a millionaire. The U.S. economy only prints so much money. <laughs> And that's Zach still talking. Zach says, then my success is being a teacher aide, former substitute Chicago, a former Huffington Post blogger and public access TV producer who helps black folks thrive locally. You got to crawl before you walk. Everybody wants to be a microwave millionaire instead of a seasoned success. Linda elect Lady Hillman, a politician has jumped on here saying also hello from california let me see if i got everybody all right now that's just on one channel and y'all know we are out here on some of the others unfortunately if i open periscope at this time i won't see the comments but definitely i will go back and uh, tweet me and when we end the podcast the conversation i will jump good morning i will jump in and they got a little bit of delay so they're going to hear me hear their comments here in just a moment, but we are uh, live recording this. If you catch us in the podcast, we do record them live. I podcast every day, y'all. Monday through Friday, I will do how to get out of bed. Saturdays, it becomes buzz it or bash it. And then, oh, actually, and then Sunday, we go back to how to get Sunday through Sunday through Friday is how to get out of bed. Saturday is buzz it or bash it. Tuesday, we do a special podcast called Leading Women Podcast where we talk. Well, we narrow all this stuff down as it relates to women and try to join each other at the womb. Now, I know I'm gonna get people gonna get upset. Wait, all women don't have a womb. Understand? I understand. This is a conversation we're gonna have to have. Uh, as our transgender, there was a there was some backlash and some lash back recently, uh, and I'm trying to get trying to uh, get um, I'm trying to get she she stars on Pose, follows me on Twitter. And uh, has taken a break from social media, but uh, we're trying to get her on to talk about um, what is now a perception between uh, something happening, something going on between uh, women and transgender that particularly black women and black trans um, that there's a that the conversation of supporting each other 
is dismissive of the fact that we do support each other. But when I say join each other at the womb, I'm, I'm grabbing hold of something from Pearl Clegg. Maybe we can get Pearl on to talk about that. Maybe Pearl is the perfect person to facilitate the conversation because Pearl says join each other at the womb, but then we have women who don't have wounds. Now we have to have that conversation because they are feeling like when we talk about supporting women, that the conversation is dismissive of supporting them and how much they support women. And, and it's another six women, put it that way. Okay, so there's a, there's a rift now between trans women and cis women. And cis women are trying to figure out, cis women are going around, Heifer, what do you call me? What do, what do you call me? Y'all, y'all, it's, and it's a beautiful, and I don't say that to be mean, it's a beautiful, we're we in the salon right now. And cis women are trying to figure out, wait, when do we get alphabets, right? And so cis women are trying to figure out well, what does cis mean? It just means that you live a life as subscribed by your genitalia, your, your womb. You, you have a wound, so therefore you live a life as a woman. And, 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 and it, the conversation gets so, and this is what even buzzing the bashing, but the conversation gets so crazy because people who get pro, high profile in this discussion, some men, men have taken it a whole other place. And it's like, y'all, can y'all just hush for a minute and let us have a conversation? Because what happened was a black woman, no, no, the gay community and all their alphabets, I'm, I'm, I'm calling clear, queer plus, and they're going to get mad at that? I don't care. Let me just tell, and I do care, but it's like y'all keep adding on alphabets because y'all are over there discriminating against each other. And we just know one thing, queer plus. But what happened was the queer plus community felt mistreated recently by somebody high profile, and a black woman said, Oh, y'all want us to get mad at this when we have we are victims of this thing, same thing too. Well, trans a, a trans woman thought her saying that the gay community doesn't support black women and what we're going through. She said that that conversation was dismissive of black trans women, and while the women, regardless of what whether they got a wound or not, were trying to have a conversation. Some men took it and ran with it and made it worse for the women to even have the discussion. So I am open to moderating, facilitating, letting this thing happen as I have done always and forever. And we don't mind bringing that conversation to leading women because I continue to say, and, and I feel some kind of way when I say it, but I, you got to understand 20 years ago, since 1992, I started a forum conducive to our uniqueness um, that was called let's sit down and join each other at the wound where meaning that it is because we have a wound and those two of us cis women we have some experiences um, because we're women but the only thing that we all could say we had in common beyond our race and nationality was the fact that we had a wound well now we have trans women more so than, than ever visibly, uh, and I'm just saying particularly visibly, that, that feel like, well, I outwardly, I look like you, so I'm experiencing some of those things too. So now, I can't say let's join each other in the womb, so we got to figure this thing out. But I don't want to throw a whole bunch of alphabets at it. If we're going to be women, we're going to be women. Because the whole nature of you changing, trans, 
you're, you look, if the whole nature of you looking like a woman is I'm supposed to assume that you are a woman. I'm supposed to treat you as my sister. Okay. But one of the reasons we're doing leading women podcast is women are, there's so many things that are dividing us. It's like, wait a minute. Are we women or are we women? Oh, but you're this woman, this kind of woman, that kind of woman. I'm like, it ain't but 26 alphabets. We're going to be using some damn Roman numerals in a minute. Sis, sis squared. Sis, this, that, and the other, because I got a heart of a woman and a wound of a woman. Now I'm cis square because I subscribe to be a woman. And I'm like, my sexuality is, is you know, hetero. And I'm like, so now you want to call me a hetero cis woman? I'm like, God, doggone it. I can't keep up with all this stuff. But I will tell you this. If somebody's coming at you, what I, I'll jump in. I ain't got no problem jumping in. And when I jump in, all that other stuff, it ain't even going to matter. Because I'm going to jump in simply because somebody's treating you wrong. But let me get back to back on back on topic. I need to get you my book for review. How do I do that? Go in the inbox. Um, there is the email and the phone number. Hit me off. Definitely send. Definitely send the books. We do the books uh, when we do it in the kitchen. We try to. We and actually we try to pair up a good book with a good meal. So definitely send me that. Uh, but let me go. Let me get back to the last topic so we can get ready to get out of here. Hour and a half. And I, let me tell you, I have been in the barbershop. Sometimes it take an hour and a half. Some of y'all be in the barber chair. I'm like, dude, she finished. Come on, go. You know, but we we love we we love hanging out in the salon because we can take off our masks. We can have these kind of conversations. Let me tell you, I don't know anybody else trying to have this conversation with y'all. And they always tell me, like, you know, even especially when I when I go, I do radio uh with a couple of shows and they like, okay, we can say this, and we can say that, or they bring me on because they know, well, if she said, you know, and those kinds of things. So we can damn sure say it here on the podcast. And I don't mean to drop four-letter words and make you have to grab your earphones. But the last topic I want to talk about on here is natural hair on air. Um, it is so funny because I have these sensories that go off about particular people. And when my sensory, the buzz sensory goes off about a person, I may think it's about this, but it's actually about that. Um recently let me go back to the page and let me get this because this this had us trolling I, I started trolling because my sensories went off about this particular anchor woman on NBC uh lo and behold in my let me is it was it, no that was at the top so it's got to be down here a little bit lower um lo and behold uh here she is her name is I think it's Shania every time I say Shania I want to say I want to start singing the um and her mom would probably name her after, I don't know. But every time I say Chanel, I want to start singing the Laverne and Shirley song. Um, but Chanel Jones is an anchor on the third hour of today. Now, that is, to, first of all, the third hour of today is the most controversial hour of the day on the most controversial network right now, which is NBC. The reason why now my algorithms pointed, took me over there is simply because of my kitchen episodes one apparently one of something i made in the kitchen and something al roker had in the kitchen it decided oh you might need to follow al roker and i'm like well, what's going on with good old al roker you know al roker the little bubbly weatherman now one of the greatest anchors out there and i'm saying that knowing that he ain't yet had a me too moment okay and uh so i started following al and then all of a sudden al had this uh hip replacement 
And he was talking about, I can't wait to go back to the third hour of the day. And I'm like, you know, and, and, and my mindset went like, oh, yeah, Tamron was supposed to have the third hour. So they got a bunch of replacing people over there. And Tamron, and I hope you guys are watching the Tamron Hall Show, is now airing uh, on uh, ABC Networks. And it's an afternoon show about 3 o'clock. Um, and it's really good. It still has kind of an infomercial look to it. It's too damn bright for one thing, but she has some amazing segments and her journalism skills come through. I mean, come through partons waters like the Red Sea, uh, and really good conversations. She's got Sonny from The View on there as a legal commentator, uh, coming on as well as a number of other people. And so really good segments. She also is connecting with, uh, she brings people on from online on there. And uh, I haven't had a lot of opportunity. I try to keep the channel TV on that channel if I'm, I'm home to watch it or whatever. Uh, but I do catch some of the replays on the online. And, and listen, don't sleep on watching folks stuff online because those numbers matters, matters as much as Nielsen ratings, if not more so. Because all these people, you see them coming online trying to do this social media. Lord, poor Gary with the T was trying to do one the other day. Yesterday I shared it, y'all. <laughs> Apparently I told Gary, Gary, get your numbers up. Gary was over there doing one uh, live. So all of, all of Will Smith went and hired a, a very expensive social media team to, to get his numbers up. He's, he's, he'll, he'll be one year on social media, I think, this December. I think he came online in December. Uh, and Will has a goal of being, having the most, and he needs to get the most so he can have some better negotiations because his negotiations are slipping. His numbers are, are slipping. His Forbes, Forbes list uh, lineup is slipping, uh, and Will had a, pr a couple of projects out that were very dependent upon social media. Aladdin Aladdin did well with his social media audience, but um, he has some projects that are coming. He has a movie out this weekend. Ain't nobody talking about it, but he has a movie out. Uh, so Will, you need to get your, get your folks out there. Uh, I might go see, I think we're going to hit up the drive-in. I got to head out here too. Uh, I think we're going to hit up the drive-in this weekend. Maybe if not this weekend, maybe Tuesday. Uh, Will has a movie out this weekend. Right. That's called Crickets. Uh, he has a movie out this weekend. I think everybody's going to see, uh, Dolomite, but he has, Will has so he's got Eddie and that's what I'm saying. Go see, go see all of them. In fact, Go over there. Go to the drive-in where you can see a nice double feature of first-run movies, okay? And and I got to pitch them, so don't go yet. Let me pitch them so I can have some negotiation skills, <laughs> some good negotiation. But anyway, uh, so anyway, I was following Al, and I started checking out the third hour. But this person, Chanel, when, when Al returned uh, to air, to the air, I noticed Chanel, she got, she got some interesting body language. Uh, they have her sitting between Al and the other gentleman. You know, they, they took off Tamron and, and they put on Gretchen and all of them trying to replace, you know, the, the sister. And now they got four. They got a four-person uh, ensemble on this third hour, which really should just be Al Roker. I don't know why. it's. I don't know why. I mean, Al been on NBC. Uh, he ain't, ain't, ain't been fired yet. He ain't had a controversy yet. He ain't done, hopefully ain't done none of this stuff. That uh, Matt, the, I hope Al, I hope, pray to God you didn't know what Matt had going on there because we know these men, they love to boast to somebody. So, Al, we hope that you ne was never an ear, in earshot or in the locker room or the dressing room, wherever y'all find it copacetic to speak in such terms about 
harming women. Al, I hope and pray uh, that you never uh, not going to be called to testify in any of this stuff. Because now I think they're trying to go at Matt Lauer about an actual rape uh, that then turned into uh, a relationship uh, and so forth and so forth. So I just hope and pray that there's not going to be any more shakeup. But what caused my, got my sensibilities off is when Al returned, that this young lady, Chanel, her body language is sitting in between these two men. Man, she is leaning. She ain't leaning in. She's leaning out like she's about to damn near fall out of her chair. Uh, she doesn't look quite, she doesn't look all that comfortable. She does not look all that comfortable. And I want to know what's going on. But maybe that's not the thing. Because here comes this article. And I, I you know what? And I ain't just say that to y'all. I said it on the post. I'm like, they posted a picture. And I'm like, what's up with her body language? You know, I just tried. I saw this post and I turned on the television. I tried to watch the episode and I couldn't understand. I couldn't even get into it because I'm, her body language was like, help me, rescue me. And I, and I went on that Instagram and I posted that. I'm like, I need answers. So, but anyway, here's what they, here's what they are putting out there as her story. She don't want to do an interview uh, saying that um, they put out this headline. And even in the headline, she got bad body language. The girl looked terrified, y'all. Uh, no, on her Instagram, uh, somewhere, I don't know where I, so I went and grabbed her Instagram. Girl, girl, what's going on? Talk to me. Chanel Jones, find somebody to talk to. Because let me tell y'all, y'all know they, all, all the black people in media uh, just came back only months from their convention where they went. They go to this convention every year and let their hair down and, and pray and, and uh, figure out how they're going to survive another year in the industry not being able to be themselves. Uh, in fact, one of the uh, one of the uh, veterans sent me a photo. I don't know if he wanted me to post that or not. I didn't have permission. And I, I ain't like everybody else. I don't just throw a photo up. But he sent me this photo saying that all of the anchors was rocking their natural hair at the convention. And I said, send me that photo when they return, when they get back to work. Let me see how they are on air. So this headline came out about Chanel uh, Jones this week that she is now trying to rock her natural hair on air on NBC. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, hold up. Why is that even a thing? Y'all got a full on rapist up in there. And this woman, her fight is trying to go on air with natural hair. Sisters. Let me tell y'all something. And, and mind you, listen to me or not, I ain't got your job. I ain't got your paycheck. Okay? But I'm just saying. Let me tell y'all. One of my mentors in my head was the top writer at the New York Times. Okay? He was the top. Um, him, rest his soul. He didn't, he didn't, it, his, his vices finally took him out. Um. And, and they can say you died of natural causes, but you don't die of natural causes when you spend half your life addict in addiction. Uh, but he was the top writer. There's a documentary out there about the New York Times. Go check it out. And come to find out. And I, I was like, I fell in love with his journalistic integrity and all this stuff. Hell, I used to like Charlie Rose. Now, where is he? But anyway, and, 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 and I, I'm, so, I'm so afraid to run into, what's your guy on CNN? The black guy, I can't even think, Lord. And I know his name. I can't even think of his name. It's just my memory's gone. What's his name? Okay, somebody tell me. What's his name? Well, I'm, I'm afraid to run it. He's like, damn, she don't know me. She talked about me so bad. She don't know my name no more. It happens. But anyway, um, 
I'm so afraid of running into him because I remember telling him he was so horrible on air. He needed to be more like Charlie Rose. And I, you know when I see him, he's going to throw that in my face because Charlie Rose ended up being the, one of the biggest guys in the, in the, in the Me Too movement uh, out there harming women. So anyway, so Chanel is, is fighting, is trying to wear her natural hair on air on NBC. I'm going to tell y'all, NBC, y'all need, y'all need to let that go. Y'all need to just let that go. First of all, all these women should be able to walk in in these studios in in any kind of hair they want to, whether they want it down to the floor, whether they want a kinky, coily, curly, whether, whether they want a, a TWA or whatever else. And this, I never really blogged about hair. I blog about, you see the kind of topics we blog about. So I don't even know. T4, T2, whatever. So y'all always got to label all this stuff. Instead of just live and let live. Live and let live, you ain't got to label it. You ain't got to try to find a tribe. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of trying to find a tribe. I, I, don't, even, I don't even do the tribe thing. Don't even try to tribe up with me because I may flip. I may flip. First of all, we need to stop trying to find a tribe because that's how we end up in America, trying to stick with the tribe when you should have been somewhere trying to hide because they were trading tribes. You're, 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 you are a descendant right now because of the war of the tribes. They were trading tribes, okay? I'm just saying. So, therefore, start trying to tribe up and just be you. Just be you. But the fact that y'all put out a headline, and I know y'all trying to find some reasons to make us want to watch third hour of the day, but y'all ain't going to get us black women running over there trying to watch third hour of the day just because she done rolled up in her natural hair. That should be a natural thing, especially when we trying to, you trying to, fit, we, you trying to keep her from wearing natural hair. We trying to figure out why she, I'm trying to figure out why she, won't lean in the Al Roker. I'm trying to figure out why she won't lean in to the other, the new dude. And that, he ain't new. He been around. Uh, and then and then why homegirl on the other end over there, the other uh, sister from another mother, why she look like she leaning. You know, it's like we see people. We see these things. We see these things, and we want to know what's going on. So, no, I don't want to talk about her hair. I want to talk about her leaning. I want to talk about why she's about to fall in. I want to talk about her awkward laughter. I want to talk about why this ensemble can't get through a banter session without it being all hell awkward and everybody, the eyes twitching all over the place. Did I say the right thing? Did you say the right thing? They're so traumatized. NBC, if y'all want to do anything, do a net, do a show where y'all bring everybody, everybody from the control room, everybody from whoever signed the checks, the camera people, everybody come on around, sit down. Let's figure out what the hell been going on up, in, up around here in NBC. Is anybody else need to say anything? Y'all, we sent these folk over here to cover the doggone Olympics or whatever. Why is y'all, ladies, never. I don't care if you love the man. I don't care if you married to him. On your job, you don't go to his office. You don't, what did my girl tell y'all on leading women? It's called the Whisper Network. The, and, and don't let me get Angela on here. It's called the Whisper Network. That sister over there trying to tell you, no. That sister that not leaning in the aisle, she probably, she like, uh, she don't. And Al, if you ain't done nothing, look at the, go look at the tape. She won't lean into you. Does she, is she not leaning into you because you old school NBC? I'm not saying, because Al might have a good heart. He might be a good dude all the way. He might have. Not associated with all that was going on around there, cause but you know, cause Al worked with a whole bunch of networks and got a whole bunch of shows and and all this kind of stuff, you know. But we know, I mean, I'm just saying, y'all might need to have just a discussion, you know. Did, uh, did she know? Did she know you? You might have to 
testify? Did you have to go do a, what's that thing what they call a dispo, dispo, deposition? Maybe she's seen you coming out of the deposition. You know, I'm just saying, NBC, y'all need to figure out. Because there ain't nobody watching y'all. We're not watching. We ain't turning on that channel. My TV go past NBC so fast. I'm like, it's like, you don't, that ain't one of your favorites. Keep on scrolling. I'm like, I can't tell y'all. I'm like, and I certainly, I can't stand the voice. If there was a show that comes on after, is, is this, is this is us? Is it on NBC? It's something I like to watch that comes on after the voice. And I feel like, damn, the voice is on forever. It seems like the voice is on every day. Does the voice come on every day? I don't even know. I hate that show. Oh my God, how long? Let me tell y'all, that seems like the longest running, longest airing show. I miss, I think it is This Is Us is on NBC. I ain't seen that show on time yet. I got to go binge on it right now. Sometime. I got to get ready to get out of here. But NBC, y'all need to figure out what's going on. because and, and I need for my girl trying to wear natural hair not to be a headline at the same time as your other anchor. And I didn't finish telling the, the New York Times thing. But I need for my girl trying to wear natural hair on air not to be a headline at the same time when your most prized uh, anchor was, a, was an alleged rapist. Like, really? Like, he had a job over there harming all your women. And she got to figure out whether or not she got to press her hair to come to work. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, what I was talking about with the guy at the, at, uh, at the New York Times, when I watched the documentary, because back in the day, uh, at the times when newspapers were uh, failing, newspapers were mad at other sites like Reddit and, and all these other sites that aggregate news stories and become more popular than newspapers. I saw this gentleman... And I can't, his name slips me too. I saw this gentleman um, and, I, and I thought like, wow. But then when I went to look into his background, kind of find out he had been a cocaine addict, that he had overdosed in, in, in seedy porn clubs, bars, you know, that old, old school New York. He had been around old school New York. But at the time, I think like the war and, and all these leaks and all this stuff, he was uh, in charge of all these different, so he was like the number one guy. Up in this newspaper, and I'm like, he had been, he was a welfare queen. He had, uh, he had raised his kids on welfare. He, you know, had gotten his education and 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 had done, you know, worked his way up from the bottom and had these stories that just propelled him to the absolute tops, you know. And uh, he he was damn near half crippled from all the overdoses he had done, right? But again, he was a benefactor. He was a benefactor. He was a he was a number one guy, if not number two, or the man next to the man. However you want it, it's like all his transgressions forgiven, and he was the top one of the top guys for the for the top section at the top newspaper. And here this sister is just trying to wear her natural hair on the third hour. <laughs> there ain't nobody watching of the of the television. The filler hour because they don't have a top show, so they run a third hour of news, and ain't ain't nobody watching it. But she's sitting in the seat, wanting wanting like not have to transform her hair to look like a benefit, look like the benefactors. And I'm like, that's your that's your headline. That's the story, y'all. That's what, y'all gonna let that be your story. It's like did y'all? She just came back from the National Association of Black Journalists and had to press her hair out. And uh, and all that stuff they talked about while at the association, 
her change nothing? I'm just asking. I'm, I'm, in fact, I'm not. I'm, I'm telling NBC, y'all need to fix this thing because y'all top, y'all top anchor, it just went around and sold her television show to the competition. You know, y'all didn't even, y'all didn't even, y'all didn't even feel even after having to fire top anchors that were on your network allegedly harming women. Y'all didn't even have the decency to go and apologize to the to the to this woman um, to bring her back in her show in in the in the spot that she helped get you the viewers that you do have. You know, people we out here forgiving people that ain't asking for forgiveness. We are out here, and and, and believe it or not, when Tamron uh, in her first show. She came on and she said, y'all, you know, they're trying to make me compete again. I'm not going to, I will not compete with any other women. My show is on. Uh, Kelly's show is on. Let me tell you, honey, they don't move Kelly's show to, to morning. Okay. So you ain't even compete with Kelly. You don't only want on still at three o'clock in the afternoon. You ain't even compete with Kelly because she got the benefit of move, being moved to the morning. All right. Uh, on the same channel you're on. She was on a competing channel at the same time. Now she been moved to the morning. On the network that you're on, so you know, let's just can we just please stop forgiving people for that, that's not asking for forgiveness and forgive ourselves. Yes, we got caught up. You get caught up. You're gonna get caught up. It might happen again and again and again. If you stop running around here trying to forgive people that ain't asking for forgiveness, girl. And then they talking about her wearing her natural hair and she got it pulled. It's like first of all, you 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 got her talking about she gonna wear her natural hair, Chanel, and it's pulled back in a ponytail. That ain't that ain't that's lazy. Like, girl, let your hair out. I don't care if it do cast a shadow on Al Roker. I don't care if, make Al have to lean. Yeah, you got to lean because I got big hair. Okay, don't care. Don't be leaning from him. Make him have to lean. Make him have to slide his chair over. Y'all on there, fellas, with all that man spread. Al, is she, that's what I was like. Is she leaning because she knows something? Or is she leaning just simply because of man spread? Because fellas, y'all be spreading all over the place. I'm like, I was at the, I was at the uh, a training, and there was a guy in the chair behind me, and I'm trying to, I can't even lean back. I'm like, dude, can I, can you move? I want to lean back in my chair. You, you in your chair, all in my chair. Your leg coming all around my chair. I'm like, uh, hello, fix it, fix it. I'm like, can I sit back? I want to sit back and not be all between your legs. It's like, and the fact that he was so oblivious, he was absolutely oblivious. It's like, dude, you have become the circumference of my entire space. And mind you, when I tell you I was sitting on an empty row, he came and sat on an empty row directly behind me because I want the comfort of an aisle seat too, okay? I wanted the comfort. I sat first. I want the comfort of an aisle seat because I got equipment. I got a purse. I got to carry this bag and all this stuff, and I got to film. So you got just you. You got pockets, first and foremost. You got hella pockets. I am got on a dress. Ain't got nam pocket, so I gotta carry all this stuff. He comes and sit, not a row, not a couple of rows over, no, not directly behind me. Stretches all out, legs all wide, one leg going around, coming on down the aisle, you know. And I'm like, I go to sit back, and I'm like, I'm sitting in your damn lap. You need to move. 
oblivious he was. Absolutely oblivious to the man spread. Any other person would have been intimidated. I'm not going to sit here on the edge of my seat and I'm not moving. I chose this side, this section, this row. I sat first. Fix it. Move your leg. Move your chair. Go. Because I'm not going to sit here and be. No, we don't do that here. All right. Anyway. That's just it. I'm like hair fight. We got to fight fight to wear natural hair when other folks got all this other stuff going on. That's eat. That's being suppressed because they're benefactors because they've been men. I'm talking about, and I'm not talking about race. I'm talking about men and women. I'm just, and I'm not even talking about men and women. I'm talking about human nature. I'm talking about personality. Let me go back up here and grab the comments. I'm talking about just simply personalities because regardless of your gender, your race, your nationality and all that, just down to the fact of being human and the personality, daggone the comments done jump three times. Okay. Don Lemon. That's what I was trying to remember. Thank you, Laura. Don Lemon. Don Lemon. One time I was at an event and I'll give you all the backstory to the Don Lemon story. Um, I'm a blogger. So I've often blogged about the failures of at, at CNN, Don Lemon played. CNN was cleaning house, and Don Lemon played every card not to get not to get swept out. Uh, so therefore, he's still at CNN. Not one of their best. Uh, was nowhere near, nowhere near, nowhere near, nowhere near one of the best they had over there. Uh, in fact, had the people over there trolling CNN right now on Twitter. All the people that they have fired are trolling CNN on Twitter. Let me tell you, I saw the bread. I, I don't know. I saw the dad. I said, saw the bread. Saw the dad O'Brien. I don't know if, if, if the bots have taken over her account, if she's hacked, I'm praying that it ain't her, but the trolling that's coming out of her timeline, I mean like tweeting like everybody, every, every second, it's a troll tweet coming off of Soledad, Soledad's, uh, uh, thing. But I'll, CNN several years ago, uh, was cleaning house and I mean, they clean house. Um, and Don Lemon was playing every card he could not to get swept out. And so, therefore, he, he's still there. Um, Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper made one of the biggest mistakes ever. Uh, Anderson Cooper was mad because, and I don't know if Anderson Cooper was mad. I was mad that they didn't, when Larry King retired, I was like, oh, they're gonna, surely going to give Anderson Cooper that spot. They didn't give Anderson Cooper that spot. They brought the foreigner in, which somebody tell me his name. Uh, they brought him in. And Anderson Cooper went, went, started going, trying to do these entertainment shows. He, and, and the worst thing he did was he signed a deal to go do a daytime entertainment show. And then, and, and this lets you know that Regis did not want Anderson, I, I'm assuming, uh, it looked like, it looked like Regis really didn't want Anderson Cooper on there with Kelly. So at the days, hours seemed like after Anderson signed his TV deal, Regis went ahead and retired. Anderson in his deal could not then, I guess, jump over there with Kelly. But there have been many of opportunities for him to go to Kelly, leaving behind his excellent journalistic skills because um, during all that time he was covering the war. So anyway, so the guy that was at night ended up with Larry King's spot. Anderson had to go do another spot and then so forth. And they did the whole realignment. I don't even know if they even brought anybody else in. They did the horrible thing of a pairing Anderson with Kathy to do the New Year's Eve thing. And, and Don Lemon does the New Year's Eve thing, getting drunk and all that kind of stuff. Just horrible. It's a horrible network. It's not, there's nothing, they, 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 they add nothing uh, at this point. So lo and behold, I was at one of the galas. I was at one of the galas. Don Lemon was there and getting an award. 
Don Lemon recognized me. Um, they were up there taking pictures afterwards and so forth. One of my good friends who gets me in the Gators, and I need to let him know he got me in an event this weekend, and I didn't get a chance to go, didn't get a chance to make it because I had to stop on the side of the road, edit some damn video that I thought was ready to go. And they were like, it's not playing, it's not playing. What happened, what happened? So I had to stop and I didn't get a chance. Sitting in traffic, was already late for traffic. And I was like, okay, everything's going wrong, go home. So anyway, uh, I was at this gala, this war gala that they do here in Atlanta. You know, they love saluting black excellence. And Don got an award that night at CNN. I was like, well, really? Okay, cool. Okay, whatever, whatever. But anyway, so Don was there getting an award. And, I, and at the time, I liked Don Lemon. I just had higher hopes for Don Lemon. So um, afterwards, everybody's running around taking pictures and networking and networking. And Don looked, and he said, you. He jumped, literally jumped down from the stage and came up to me. And my friend was standing, I was like, security! But he comes up, and he says, and he says, and he proceeds to try to explain to me or tell me that his show uh, had improved from the things that I had blogged about. And he said, you must not be watching him because I wouldn't talk about him no more. And he was, and so we proceeded to have conversation as to what are some of the things that he could do? Because uh, Don was, a com he was giving commentary at the time, sometime before that on a radio show that I used to listen to and, and also, you know, whatever. Um, and I used to always complain, I'm like, man, we need more than what you're bringing to the table. You know, you need to give us a little bit of opinion. Now, you know, they, they, they give a lot of opinion over there now. But this is during a time where a lot of the anchors felt like they could not give any opinion because, hell, they can't even wear their natural hair. And they were so worried about being fired. Everybody at that time was worried about being fired. And they were trying to do the whole cookie quarter. Morgan, yes, Mr. Morgan, P. Morgan, uh, was on there, got the Larry King spot. So Don was... Tell, trying to tell me he could not be as opinionated as I desired him to be because of his job. It was a job. It's a career. Got to read the script. Got to say what the producers are, are telling us in our ear. and Got to do this and got to do that. And my thing, well, what's it all for? What's it all for? You know, you were, and I said, let me, and I proceeded to tell him, you know, you were on air in Chicago. Chicago was having some of the, having, has the worst, people have the worst, I, and this is basically what I was telling him, I was like, you used to be on air in Chicago, people have the worst perception of Chicago, they need you right now, you're on air on CNN, you need to talk about these things, we need, uh, because it's, it's, according to my, uh, my ideology around media apartheid, is, I'm sorry, we need to, we, if we're going to be in these, in these, we're going to be the faces in these spaces, then we need to start impacting these stories. We need to start changing up and, and, and disrupting some of this narrative that's going on and stop letting these people say all this stuff and stop going on that just reading that script, basically, which is what the majority of them do. Stop just reading that script, getting your paycheck and going home because it's creating a perception that's going to create an optics that's going to take us down the road where we are right now. And you have an opportunity to do something about that. So he and I were kind of just having a little, you know, not a, just a little bit of a powwow. There were no ill feelings and no malice. In fact, he introduced me to his, his, uh, his love interest at the time, you know. Um, sorry to this man because he ain't the love interest at this time, I don't think. I think, think he has a new one. But, um, and I don't know, I don't know. 
I, I was introduced, you know, and we had a, we had a good conversation and so forth and so on. But I I, I walked away from. I'd said to him, I said you you know, because at the time he would have all these panels and the panels would get all out of control. And I was like, you need to control your panels a little bit more and this, that, and the other, you know. And I'm just giving advice from a viewer's standpoint, you know. And I said, you know, kind of like Charlie Rose. Now Charlie Rose came, then come back to bite me in the. Well, he was probably actually biting women for real, so let me not say that. Uh, I have to take back, I have to take that back. Although Charlie Rose had Charlie Rose had some real skill, um, but I know if I ever run into Don again, that Charlie Rose is gonna be the thing that's gonna he's gonna be like Charlie Rose, you know. Anyway, but uh, I still don't watch CNN. Um, I still don't. I still don't all right, all out trust Don Lemon as far as somebody that represents us. Um, and, and I, I don't know what's going on on there. I don't know how he has improved or anything like that. Uh, I, I didn't have that kind of expectation there. So, but when you think about, see, or when I think about, talk about all this stuff going on, and here we got a black woman on NBC on the third hour of the television trying to wear her natural hair, and these men, her counterparts, got all this other kind of stuff going on, and it's okay. But women, you know, are like having trouble because they want to have a baby or they want to take care of their family or they want time off or they want flexibility. They want this, that, and the other. And it's an all-out war against women. But and, and, and one of the reasons men get away with this stuff is because either the women don't know. Do y'all not know that these men are out here doing all kind of stuff and 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 you know, and keeping their jobs and moving on up the ladder. It's like, it's crazy. Like there's a, there's a major shift of a, of the guy leaving Fox, you know, right now. I mean, did y'all not watch, do y'all, did y'all not watch that show about what goes on behind the scenes at Fox? He probably trying to stay alive. He probably like, yeah, I'm, okay, I'm going to take this and go. Cause you know, you're not going to be up in Threatening my life. Ain't no telling what's going on over there, allegedly. This, that, and that's the thing about it. There's no telling what's going on there. And as you ask the questions, demand some follow-up on this stuff, true follow-up. I mean, it ain't these people ain't just out here just entertaining us. These people are forming perceptions in our minds that's creating behaviors that we're exacting on each other in society. So it's a little bit more than turning on and turning off your television. They're, they're meetings of the minds. Right now we're having meetings of the mind. These things are real. And right now, Fox News, guess who's most displeased with, I'm displeased with CNN, but guess who's most displeased with Fox? Trump. And guess who needs to get elected with the help of Fox? So you might see a bunch of shifting going on over there. Let me scroll back. Let me scroll back. Since she said you are hilarious. Uh, breast to breast as a suggestion. Ooh. Breast to breast as a suggestion for a replacement for meeting at the womb. Some of them are getting wound implants now, honey. Let me tell you. But uh, breast to breast. Chest to chest. I don't know. But but my goal, Linda, is I don't want us to even have to. I I just want to say woman and everybody that that identifies as that. I want them to be included, you know. And and, and I don't want us not to have to talk about. It. I want because because one of the things that one of the things that 
trans women uh, don't, don't have to deal with, that we have to deal with, is certain health issues. We still got to talk about those certain health issues and to be able to talk about our health issues and, not, and them not feel it's dismissive of them. So we still have to talk about the womb because there's a lot that goes on in the womb. So, you know, and we still need, but, but we need to, without having to grab 15,000 alphabets when there's only 26, okay, but infinite combinations, we need to not have to identify. You don't need to call me a cis-hetero woman in order to identify me when we're talking about how much we care about things that go on in the world, you know, and and because you're you're you are you are trying to identify as a woman well that's what i am so therefore how is it that we can't find things in common you're trying to identify as something that i am and yet we can't find something in common that's a concern to me i need okay let me see make sure i um uh, scroll which way am i scrolling okay got it uh i agree but the society we live in they want labels. And you know what? As an influencer, the one thing, oh, oh we got a battery warning over here. Let me get ready to get out of here. Um, the one thing I can do as an influencer is stick to my position to say and help us get to a point that we don't need the labels because that's what we can do. We can choose a lane. And that's what I'm going to, I'm, I'm choosing to say, since you ain't got to do all that. I hate labels. Labels are exactly they are dismissive, and that's why the LGBTQIA and I think they added another one just recently keeps adding on because the L's, the get LGs, the gays felt like they were dismissive by the L's, and then you got the LGB, the bisexual felt like they were being dismissive. And then you got the T, the trans felt like they were being dismissive. The Q, the queer was like, well, wait a minute, you know, and then the I, and then here come the A, and all these other kind of things, you know. So that's what labels do. It's like I, I don't want to have, I don't want to have to check a box. And I think as an influencer, if I say, okay, I'm gonna blog another year, I'm trying to make it 2020. I want to be able to say I've done this for 20 years. Then I can say, well, my editorial schedule over here is to help us get rid of the labels. To help us get rid of the labels. Now, yes, we still have a podcast because because one of the ways that I can do that is being that I did not blog about hair and particularly only the salon. I have a very strong, large male following the very some of the very first events and very first initiatives that I did in the 90s were for men first who then said, OK, bring women to the table now that you've helped us figure out who we are, what we're supposed to be, or you've allowed us. Because I didn't, I, I didn't do that. I only facilitated providing opportunities for them to take time to figure it out. And they were like, okay, now that we have figured it out, bring the women to the table. So then I started bringing the women to the table. And then I, then came Dryer Bus. Oh, let's put a name on this. It's called a Dryer Bus, right? So I can say as an influencer who is able to, hold an audience for damn near two hours on a Saturday podcast, right? I can say, listen, I can help us 
I know how I know how we get rid of these labels. I know how we get rid of these labels. We dial it back to the mere fact that we are human. And anybody that disagrees with that ain't trying, they really not trying to have a conversation. Because I'm just simply talking about behaviors that are human nature. And it doesn't matter the hue of the skin. It doesn't matter the, the genitalia, the gender. It doesn't matter. Um, the, it does, all these other things, they don't matter. Because there is you, there is some bare basics that will that you can say one is right and the other is wrong. One is one is correct and the other is incorrect. In that in that in that matter in that matter. Okay. All right, guys. Yeah, it is. We we did go long. I'm glad I did bring in the comments. I'm glad I was able to answer your questions. For those of you that came in and want to uh, go ahead and get a replay on this, we started out just talking about believe it or not three topics. Uh, we talked about, we talked a little bit about Tyler Perry. And how Tyler Perry is celebrating and opening his studio had to bring some people to the table that once upon a time thought his work was absolute buffoonery. So there was some forgiveness there. We also talked about Judge Huggable and how she uh, didn't help, may not have helped the situation, or maybe she has. And the fact that there is now some uh, plenty of dialogue going on on that. And then we talked about women trying to wear their natural hair on air when they're sitting right next to counterparts that have done far worse or let me just say bad things because there's nothing worse or bad about your hair. Okay. But it's like, wait a minute, you going to tell this lady, you trying to tell a lady she can't come to work because she wants to look, be, come to work in her natural state. But you got a guy, guy, you got your the whole history of your network is men who harm the women that work for you. I'm going to need you to let her roll up in there any kind of way she wants to. I mean, I'm just saying, I am just saying, and uh, I'm asking you guys to budget a bash it. I'm going to put down one device, pick up the others. We get ready to get out of here. Uh, let me tell you, find a channel. There's one thing I need you to do, and I probably should have had that. Well, it actually is on the screen, but I'm going to throw this up there. Um, go to dryerbus.com, find a channel, find a channel, um, and add us to your favorites. If you want to follow us, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, definitely YouTube, where it counts, where we monetize. Um, if you want to hear the Tyler Perry interview we did 12 years ago, where you can hear the makings of a studio. You can literally hear Tyler talking about the makings of, of what will become from beginnings, from his beginnings to becoming uh, becoming studios. Because um, it says Tyler Perry Studios. It's not Tyler Perry Studio. It's Tyler Perry Studios. Bro, got an S on that thing. So, y'all... But anyway, if you want to hear that interview, I had to go back and listen to it. It surprised myself uh, some of the things that I openly, honestly asked him and that he answered them all. He answered them all. And, uh, and um, just amazing, just amazing um, with, the, with the work that he's done. Still want to know why, why, why I ain't seen him a deer down to the studios. But anyway, and then also um, askdryerbuzz.com. If you want to wake up famous, perhaps you want to start a channel, start a podcast, or start a business, or grow your business, but you want to wake up famous, everybody knowing your name, or your brand, uh, your reputation, go check out what we're offering to you at askdryerbuzz.com. You want to do a call with me, pick my brain, do a side-by-side, a one-on-one, or if you want to download any of our automated courses, and get any of the books, all of that is at dryerbuzz.com. Oh, ask dryer buzz. Ask dryer buzz. Go and check that out. All right, y'all. I'm gonna ask y'all to do one more thing for me. Do this for me right now. Do it.
Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz.